The Terrible Warriors is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. Today on The Terrible Warriors, Mike the Birdman Dodd returns as Game Master, and at his table with players from across Canada, he's taken them on a field trip, as one by one our characters have won a prize to be the next contestants of a new reality show set at Crystal Lake? Hey, isn't that the camp where all those people were killed by that guy in a hockey mask in the 80s? Ah, don't worry, those are just urban legends. Nothing, nothing to worry about there. It's the establishing episode. Meet our cast of characters who will eventually have to face the truth that some urban legends are based on fact. And our radio contest winning patsies who will have to strive to survive. They are your terrible warriors. Welcome to Terrible Warriors. I am your director for the evening, or your storyteller, Mike the Birdman Dodd from ThisWeekInGeek.net. And today we are going to be playing yet another Fate Core game. I think they're from Evil Hat Productions, if I'm they not mistaken. They are from Evil Hat Productions. And this is a system we've been using before for other games. We just used it for Stargate, the Shield of Mars. This is my first time game mastering this, so please be gentle with me in the comments. We welcome all your feedback at feedback at terriblewarriors.com or Twitter at Dice Warriors, where you can usually get a hold of one of us or on our Facebook page, Terrible Warriors on Facebook. Be sure to respond to us because one of us is almost always awake checking it. Um, you can use the email, but honestly, the best conversations have been happening on Twitter because uh, everyone's involved in it and then we get our own accounts into it and then you don't know, am I just talking to myself with my personal account to the Terrible Warrior account? You never know because sometimes Derek uses that account. Always talking to ourselves on Twitter. <laughs> but I, I think we, we do need to apologize to Leonard Balsera and uh, Rob Donahue and Fred Hicks over at Evil Hat for the horrible hash we've made of their system in the past and all the <laughs> terrible things we're about to do to it in the future. We yes. are the terrible warriors, though. Why would we play these games properly? Exactly. We are here to tell stories, not necessarily to give you a rule set to build IKEA furniture. Yeah, that's what Geek and Sundry's for. Exactly. So Though actually, I also show my IKEA furniture on our Facebook page when showing off all the books I have. Although speaking of Geek and Sundry, I just want to mention that for a second. They're actually playing Fake yeah. Core on Tabletop. Yeah, they are. Right now. It was so, pretty crazy. So check out that if you want to see how the system might run a little bit differently. But Be done! it is time to introduce our warriors for this evening. So beginning with us here in Guelph, Ontario, here at the new birdcage, we are joined with... Alex, who doesn't have a nickname yet. Papa Plump. Papa Plump works. Uh, <laughs> we always are. We use our Twitter Papa. handles. Plump. That's always been our nicknames. That's the secret. Well, there we go. In that case, he is Gravy Moose. That works. <laughs> but also joining us from Toronto, we have... Am I from Toronto? Yes! Oh, hey, everybody. From the... I can't call... You just said the bird's cage, and my last name's Ecock. I can't use that. <laughs> so uh, from uh, the locations cage. undetermined <laughs> here in but Toronto, it's Justin Ecock. Hey, everybody. And joining us from our nation's capital. Uh, hello, I'm Andrew Wine Movie Nerd Roebuck, and I'm in the basement apartment. That sucks. And this is the first yeah. time you've actually been on the show. Yes, yes it is. There's been a few things in the work where I've almost made it on, but this is the first official appearance. Yes. Hey, listen, you're in a basement apartment in the nation's capital. I'm also in a basement apartment 
but just in Toronto, which just means I can't afford the rent here. And your basement apartment has not flooded due to the recent rain. Not yet. No, no I'm, I'm still going strong. Get <laughs> everything dry, fingers crossed. And of course, from our Edmonton crew, and the Oilers were just eliminated from the playoffs, we have... Quack. 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 Uh, it's Derek the Bard from Chasing the Muse. I was about to and say, I'm not a duck? Doing it a I said quack. I we lost it. the Mighty Ducks. I warned them what would happen. It, it happens every time the Ducks get into that last game. There's the Triple Deke, there's the Flying V, and hockey analogies. I love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but sports. Sports ball. That's, that's sports. That local sports team, they lost. Uh, well, we they're not as bad as my... demographic. It is not as bad as my precious Toronto Maple Leafs, but hey... We have one Canadian team that's working out for us. That's the Ottawa Senators. And I don't know nearly enough to keep talking about this. So for today's game, like I said, we're going to be playing Evil Hat Productions' Fate Core. And we're going to be playing a story that is very near and dear to my heart. As you guys know, I am a huge fan of horror movies. I love stuff like Nightmare on Elm Street, Phantasm, Halloween. But my first love goes all the way back to 1981. And that begins with Mrs. Voorhees and the original Friday the 13th by Sean S. Cunningham. I have well, wanted... spoilers. Well, uh, uh, you've had 36 There years. was a statue of limitations on that, Derek. <laughs> yeah, I did not want to know who the director was. I did... <laughs> Damn it. You I ruined the movie for me that I saw when I was like 12 years old. Well, there I've we actually go. never watched a Friday the 13th movie. Then, what, really? Then you are in for a treat out. today. <laughs> oh, oh. A treat or a machete. Wait, wait, wait. Dawn, just to be clear, when you're, ta- when you're saying we're doing Friday the 13th, are you talking like the original sort of setup of Friday the 13th? Are you talking Jason Goes to Hell Friday the 13th? Or are you talking the Rob Zombie... Re- was it Rob Zombie who remade Friday the 13th again? No, it was uh, a pair of no. brothers who did it in 2009. Yeah. Where, where in- Jason got really mad that people were stealing his pot. Man, I wanted to make space? a joke about movies released in 1981, but Raiders of the Lost Ark, Superman 2, Cannonball Run, Chariots of Fire, Time Bandits. Oh. I kind of want to say I got the year on. Maybe it was 1980 or maybe <laughs> well, it was 79. Either way, though, it doesn't uh, matter. Speaking of anniversaries, oh. just because we're terrible warriors, shout out to the uh, one of the greatest moments of online gaming. Leroy Jenkins apparently happened 12 yeah. months ago today. Happy birthday to you. Friday the 13th was 1980. All right, so I was slightly off. But, but the way, second movie was 1981, so that's true. that works. Okay, so continuing on. Going so, on a tangent. So the setup for this game is as follows. You guys have entered, through various means, a contest on the internet. And uh, you've been selected as winners to compete in a reality game show to which will you, work, you will compete for a $1 million prize in Terror is Reality. Coming from all over the United States, I'm going to start with Alex. Introduce your character. All right. Well, I am playing as a, I guess you'd say the trope of the religious character. The, the gentleman that believes that uh, his faith will see him through everything. Um, as far as that goes, I am Chip Ferguson, your standard everyday Baptist religious, sort of not quite religious nut, but I'm there to help people. So where is your character from? Uh, my character is from Kansas. 
Okay, so you flew out of Wichita. You are on, you have landed at New York's JFK Airport, and you are being rushed to what looks like a huge rock star style tour bus. This is the biggest thing you've ever seen before in your life. It looks fancy, it's loud. You see Terror's reality painted on the side of it. It looks like it's written in blood, and it's touted as the number one game show, although you've actually never heard of it. Turns out this is actually Terror's Reality's first season. And you want to use this money for what purpose? I want to use the money to help fund church initiatives. Uh, we go and try to rehabilitate prisoners that are in jail and, uh, and try to help them see the light, essentially. Now, moving on to our, uh, our Toronto-based Terrible <laughs> Warrior. Justin, tell me about your character. Oh, he doesn't remember applying for this contest. He doesn't remember what radio station this was or what music they were playing. Uh, but his name's Bowie. His parents were, I don't know, they were into Bowie, I guess. Uh, Bowie, uh, what was the last name? Bowie Connors. And uh, Bowie Connors is, uh, if we're going by the, the tropes of these uh, kind of films, he's the stoner of the group. Uh, he's waiting for his motivation. Uh, lightning hasn't struck right now, and he's just coasting on waiting for that big opportunity, that big break, whenever it is, wherever it's going to be. And uh, he's, got a, uh, he's got some issues with really talking more directly with people on a social side of things. He spent a lot of time just with his parents. Uh, he was homeschooled until college. And he's very, um, yeah, he's very atmospheric, I guess, would be the word for it. And where are you flying from to JFK Airport? Oh, uh, let's say, where's that place that uh, Phil played us from where they do all the stargazing? Big Rock, Colorado, is that a place? Yeah, it is a place. That's the one. Is is it Big Rock? Little Rock. Little Rock? Little Rock, Colorado. So you is that have where all the stargazing happens? Yeah, anyways. So you have flown out of Colorado. You have He lives la- in the mountains. You have landed at JFK International Airport. The drug dogs love you. You've been consistently uh, being complained as the smelly passenger because they can just smell the slightest hint of medicinal products on your clothing, but no one's really said anything, but you're catching dirty looks for it. And you exit this huge terminal. Boulder, Colorado. Sorry, there we go. <laughs> and you from s- Boulder. And you see this gigantic tour bus that once again has Terror's Reality painted on the side of it. You've seen things like this at like certain rock festivals. You know you're going to be living like a king wherever you're going to be going in this bus for the next little bit. Man, this is intense. You see a couple of guys who look like handlers and press My eyes are like milling around. My eyes are wide but squinted at the same time. <laughs> you see what looks like you see what looks like to be another contestant, but we'll get to that as we go to Andrew, who will be introducing his character. Yes, my name is Charles Montgomery Phillips, and I am a rich person. Unfortunately, <laughs> not quite as rich as I would like, as my father may have lost some money. And now we are only millionaires instead of billionaires. I am coming from our own private island in the Philippines, and we are trying to earn that last million dollars so that we can become billionaires once again. Man, we are 30 years too early for fire Festival jokes with you. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, so Andrew, you've taken uh, your luxury private jet. You are landing at JFK International Airport. You are escorted through your own, you have your own throng of handlers and press agents and whatnot. And you come out and see the tour bus. It's not quite as nice as the one you have back on the island back home, but it'll do, so to speak. You see some of the other contestants milling around. You see probably about 15 or other, 15 to 20 other young, attractive people who all are wearing Terror's Reality t-shirts. And you're like the common riffraff, if you will. And we join our last character from Edmonton. I'm Chad from TV's Living the Bro Life. And where are you from, Chad? Uh, Chad is from Venice, California. Excellent. So, Chad, you have had some experience with television productions before, though. Yeah, I am the star of um, it's sort of um, a a frat house version of Trailer Park Boys called uh, Living the Bro Life. And it's about me and my bros at Alpha Alpha, and we are getting down hard at UCLA. Now, this is actually kind of special for you because your talent agent, uh, Josh Hastings, has says, look, Chad, bro, buddy, pal, oh, friend of mine, <laughs> you got to do this show. They're practically handing it to you on a silver platter. So you're going to go there. You're going to pound some brews. You're going to pound some bitches. You're going to smoke some weed, which is gonna be cigarettes on the show and you're gonna come back rich loaded i'm gonna get my cut it's gonna be great we are gonna celebrate in downtown los angeles it's gonna be wonderful all you have to do is follow the production's help let's just say i've greased more than a few palms if you will and they're gonna be handing you clues throughout the event so it'll look like you're solving this crime all by yourself but uh you have to still be your character if you get Bro, solving a crime? Dude, Chad is totally down for solving a crime. I want you to Scooby-Doo this shit. You're going to have a wonderful time. Get on your flight. I'll meet you at JFK. I'll catch you in just a day or so, okay? Woo! So, uh, <laughs> just, just continue. I, I have to get to my character description and... <laughs> all right, then. So, what is... So, what does Chad look like? Um... Chad is essentially played by um, by Ryan Hansen off of Veronica Mars. Um, he he's this big, um, you know. Uh, look, he obviously works out a lot. Um, not like bodybuilder, but you know, he, he's a surfer. Um, blonde hair. He's got the hater blocker sunglasses on. Um, he's wearing a big shirt that has two big stylized alphas on it. And on the back, it just says, you know, living the bro life. All right. And he's wearing uh, shorts and sandals. And when he shows up, he probably already has a beer in hand. All right. So you go through LAX airport, which is the usual zoo, as it often is. You're on the same flight as a few other celebrities. You see Flava Flav on the flight. You give him a high five because you guys used to work together on the bro life. He was a special guest host and contestant for a year. So eventually you land in New York City's JFK airport. Once again, coming out of the huge terminal, you see the tour bus for Terror's Reality. This is a bus you have had many adventures on with various ladies over the years, shall we say. 
you're very familiar with the hidden compartments in which they might be hiding beer, weed, money, and anything else you might need to hide on a bus of this size. You're, it's oh. like a second home. Oh, this is this is awesome, guys. He just looks around at the other contestants. Bros! Hey, I'm Chad. We are going to live this bitch up. So, as you walk out of the terminal, a young woman approaches you. And she goes, hi, um, you are Chad, correct? Yeah, that's right. All right, come right this way. So Chad leads you over towards a group of two other gentlemen. You see um, Chip. You also see Bowie. And you see... Hey. Hey, bro. And he, he, he comes over. Bowie. And, you know, he... Bowie! No, just Bowie. It's just Bowie. And you also oh, see a very dissatisfied-looking Charles. <laughs> mm, yes, hello. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, all right, guys. Hi, my name is Holly. I will be your handler for the weekend. Thank you guys so much for competing on Terror's Reality. It's our first season, but I promise you it will be epic, memorable, and other buzzwords that you kids say, like lit, it's on fleek, and anything else. I don't know. I'm not that hip. But come right this way, please. Disgusting. Don't, don't use such language. I, I walk around I passing well. out little religious pamphlets to everybody. She's like, oh, you're going to be the fun one this season. But don't uh, worry. We, we have an arc for you. We have as we're walking you. over, <laughs> uh, Chad kind of elbows Bowie in the side. He's like, hey, Broey, you, you got any more on you? And he kind of makes a, like a, a toking motion with his hand. Hey, I wouldn't know what you're talking about. I just got my trail mix over here. Uh, <laughs> he's got... <laughs> He hasn't exactly brought weed with him to a reality show to be caught on camera. He's just got a trail mix bag full of mushrooms. <laughs> oh, boy. God. He grew up in the mountains, man. All right. He's like, he does, he, he, thank you for coming up to me, by the way, Derek, because I am right now feeling like I don't belong in this group. You're all really intense. So Holly says, okay, guys, I want you to come with me. We're going to get on the bus and we're going to take the bus for the next probably like hour or two, depending on traffic, going all the way to Forest Green, New Jersey, where we're going to be taping the show. And I'll explain the show as, as we get on the bus. Uh, so, ex Excuse me. Excuse me. Yes, uh, Mr. Do, Charles. Do we have any Chardonnay? Um, she looks around kind of flustered. I'm like, we have Coke. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yes. Coke Chad zero? reaches into his bag, pulls a beer out of it, and just shoves it into Charles's, uh, in front of Charles. Like, listen, listen, bro, we, we don't do Chardonnay around here. Beer, brewskis, come on, drink up. Ch Charles just stares and does not accept the alcoholic beverage. So after... <laughs> just, Chad just, there's this look of absolute confusion on his face. It's like, this is not a thing that happens in Chad's life. All right, so you guys all get on board along with about 20 or 30 other people on, like I said, this like big tour bus. You get inside. It is luxurious. There is uh, plush carpet everywhere, really nice couches. There's huge TVs with Xboxes and Playstations hooked up. Lots of places to sit. Lots of people who look the part of, once again, of personal assistance. Um, and you look around at some of your other contestants. Like I said, they're young 20-somethings. There's a couple of younger people in there, too, but nobody below the age of 18 that you can tell. Um, a lot of very attractive men, very attractive women. You can tell this thing has been casted from high heaven. Um, what am I doing here? 
So you, I just look exactly like the guy from Cabin in the Woods. That's it. I'm, I'm just. Do you have the uh, collapsible coffee cup bong though? Oh God, I wish. I feel like because that, that turned out to be bong. really useful in Man, the end. Man, I'm just shaggy. So as you guys get get on the bus and get comfortable with each other, you guys all sit near each other. In fact, Holly requests that you four sit and sit next to each other just because she's your specific handler. It really shut us around like cow. Um, Chad requests that they sit near the Xbox so that he can play Call of Duty. She's like, okay, fine, not a problem. So mm-hmm. as the bus begins to pull away through the New York City traffic, it's fairly late in the day. The sun's starting to set. You can actually start to see the clouds come over the New York City skyline. It's rather picturesque, actually kind of beautiful and peaceful, if you will. So as you guys begin to pull away through, through New York City... Another young woman stands up. She is this fiery redhead. She's got these intense green eyes, these no-nonsense kind of glasses. She looks very professional, very much, this is her boardroom, you won't cross her. They have no souls. (laughs) She introduces herself and goes, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Liz Moran, and I am one of the producers here on Terror's Reality. Thank you all for applying to be on this once-in-a-lifetime reality experience. But a lot of you applied, and uh, we picked you 20 to represent the United States. Some of you, points to Chad, were cast specifically for your high-profile public appearances and also points over to Charles some of you, however, decided to uh, take a more financial route to be on the show, and we couldn't be happier to have you. So, you might be wondering what is going to happen to you over the next 12 hours. Well, let me lay it out for you. So, we are going to Forest Green, New Jersey. It's the sleepy little town, middle of nowhere. But for the next, like I said, 12 hours, you are going to be transported back in time to 1986 and as far as you're concerned every person you interact with is going to be convinced that's where it is we have actors we have stunt people and that's a word that should probably catch your attention stunt people well we have hundreds if not a thousand cameras covering the entire five square miles of this campground we have and you guys are going to help solve a murder mystery do you guys remember Actually, Chad, you might know this. Your casting agent might have taught you about it. There used to be this show called Murder in Small Town X. You guys are going to be solving a murder mystery over the next Whoa. And here's the cool thing. We are going to be broadcasting live on the internet with audience participation. And let's just say all of you may not, quote unquote, survive the night, if you get my drift. If people like you, they can help send you, they can send you prizes, they can send you clues, they can send you rewards, or they can send you weapons. And your basic goal is to help solve this murder mystery before, well, before, before the sun rises. And uh, now that's not to say you can't win the game if the audience hates you, but it's going to be a lot harder if you catch my drift. Are there any questions so far? Chad's hand shoots up. Mr. Chad. Bro, is this like that Hunger Games thing, that movie? You know what? Kind of inspired by, not directly ripping off, trademark pending. But yes, sort of, we're going to have audience participation. And it's going to be a lot of fun. 
I love those movies, man. She's a total smoking hottie. So it sounds similar to uh, speak bro well. The most dangerous game, that kind of storyline. Similar, yes. I mean, you will be competing against your other twenty contestants here as you as everybody kind of looks at each other, but you'll be competing in groups of four. Now, I do have one Wait, small the, question. Bro, the most dangerous okay. game, you mean like rhinos and hippos and stuff? Stares intently, disapproving. <laughs> now, as to my question, well, is there anywhere to spend currency and would any currency I have be the equivalent of what it would have been in the 1980s? Absolutely. Everyone you encounter <laughs> is going to react as if if you hand them 20 bucks, they'll help you. Everyone here is an actor, and if this is how you would solve the crime reasonably, then you can totally do that. However, though, that being said, um, uh, one of the production assistants gets up from the back. I am going to request all your cell phones, your watches, and everything else. I, well, this well, is non-negotiable. How, how am I going to take selfies and, and, and do like the... The, the Instagram thing with, with like showing off my gains if uh, I'm glad if you actually, a- I'm actually glad you mentioned that because you'll all be wearing GoPro cameras at some point on your body. Excuse me, get GoPro. What is what is that? It's a small body mounted <laughs> camera. Think of what uh, cops wear and then we'll edit everything in post. Trust me, it'll look cool. Can uh, I keep my Bible and cross? What was that uh, chip? Can I keep my Bible and cross? Absolutely. And you guys will be put into costume, quote unquote, um, once we get to Camp Forest uh, Green. Excuse me. What what kind of costume are we talking about here? Yes, for once I actually agree with the the muscle thing. Well, basically you'll be given more period-appropriate clothing, so to speak. Mm, Blazer. Mm, You can wear whatever you like, but let's just say if the audience likes you, the more you're into your part, the more likely you are to succeed, so... If you're going to treat this like it's 2017, then, you know, it's not going to work out so well for you. Treat it like it's 1986, they're going to love you. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that I'm already wearing clothes that would fit 1986. You look like you shop at Goodwill. Okay. In fact, you probably stand out nearly the most out of the entire group of people. You look the most humble. Everybody else is wearing all sorts of flashy clothes and bling and tracksuits. And the women are wearing things best left to the imagination. Wait, did you say fancy things like tracksuits? Well, <laughs> well, those expensive ones, right? Bowie must be in the same position because he doesn't even remember signing on to this radio contest. And he's just here in, like, his friggin' dirty jeans and a T-shirt. Like, he oh, just walked onto in. the bus. They're like, basically, you also blend in. Yeah. With Chip, anyway. Uh, how, <laughs> he doesn't even, like, man, for, for a contest, I don't even remember. This is getting really involved. Just trust me, for a million dollars and a once-in-a-lifetime experience, you guys are going to have a fantastic time. So if you guys have any other questions, feel free to <laughs> I, ask me. I just want to roll my notice skill and just be like, okay, am I just high enough to see through all of Liz Moranza's garbage? All right, go ahead, roll it. I'm not. I rolled three negatives and a plus. <laughs> You're like, her, she's kind of hot, but eh, whatever. <laughs> You don't sense any ulterior motives from her. She seems sure, very. Sounds business-like. like we're gonna get away from it all. Yeah. I'm happy. I don't. Uh, I'm. Ha- I don't believe in cell phones. Uh, all those brain waves that get into your head. Anybody else want to do anything? Chad takes a selfie. Okay, you take a selfie. It's like he, he's like, 
uh, po posting it to Instagram. He's like, yeah, bros, gonna go on this cool thing. Watch me online. Can't take my phone with me. I want to see uh, you on the other side. I want to hold I, hands and say a prayer for our, our our beginning of our journey. I am not holding hands with him. <laughs> I am I am staying far away from other people sitting down with a nice cup of cognac reading the New Yorker. <laughs> I grab anybody's what hand that's shit? willing. Is your character 23 or 63? <laughs> He's rich 23, which is always 63. I, I, I bless you anyway. He voted words. Republican. That's, this is... I love it. You're like a young C. Montgomery Burns. <laughs> that was the character inspiration. I love it. I love it. The rest of the bus journey passes by without relative incident. You guys have a few drinks. You play some TV. You play some Xbox. You have some snacks. You have a pretty good time. All things considered. Who wants to give me a notice check? All right, Alex wants to. All right, yeah, I think one of the people who has high notice. Probably. Oh yeah, that would be, then definitely be me. Although I kind of did already, didn't I? And I rolled a one. All right, go ahead there, Alex. All right, so two pluses, two blanks, and I've got a plus three. So so five. Yep. That means Derek, can you give me the ladder for that again? That's, uh, oh. that's great, isn't it? I think. Uh, one, one, one moment. Derek was an idiot, not paying attention. Plus five, superb. Superb. Okay, so looking around the bus, uh, Chip, you actually kind of notice there's someone who kind of stands out from the rest of the group. You notice there's a group of uh, older men sitting at the back. They're all holding kind of briefcases. Some of them are older, some of them are middle-aged, but they definitely seem like Liz Moran's type of business people, but there's something very authoritarian about them, sort of like maybe they're her bosses, but something kind of stands out about them. You're not precisely sure what, though. Um, okay. God, could I actually make a roll because uh, maybe using contacts because I know what TV execs look like? Okay. Uh, uh, so I, I tap on the shoulders of the others and go, who are those people? Uh, so, Dodd, that is a four. Okay. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. And what is that rate on the sheet? Great great i think okay so you kind of think back through all the people you've met through all these network parties and all these launch lineups and everything one of them looks kind of familiar like you might have seen them at maybe nbc a couple of years ago but the other guys don't look like anybody you've ever seen before in fact um they look like they don't belong here like their suits aren't the right cut they seem if you could describe them as anything there, Chad, they look like standard military bros. Can, uh... They, have they got, like, crew cuts and... No, they just, uh, they're, they're like, balding older men, so they don't have a whole lot of hair to speak of. Okay. So they look like the joint cheats of staff in bad suits. Basically, yeah, they look like older, older guys, sort of like oh, they're shit, here with the, with the money, so to speak. Like, okay. you, you get a sense of old money from them. I put my trail mix into my pocket and hide it. <laughs> could uh, could I do a roll? Uh, because I have uh, contacts as well, and I am also diehard Republican. Yes, actually. Go ahead. Okay, and I, what am I rolling exactly? You're going to be uh, rolling notice, or actually contacts, if you have the skill. And with my, so I had a plus three base, so I got a sum of all four is one. So I didn't do, I did good. So what is the fudge word value? Good, you said? Yes. All right. So you look at these guys and 
you your family tends to give a lot of money to Republican causes. And you may have seen one of these guys on C-SPAN sitting in one of those basically Senate hearing committees for some low-level bill. But they're definitely government types. You definitely recognize them. So you may be wondering, maybe FCC, maybe? You're kind of wondering, though, if that's the case, why is the FCC here? But given the nature of the show, extreme violence is possible. So maybe they're pitching the show towards maybe cable TV. Oh, okay. I'm not going to interact with them at all. I'm just going to kind of sit back and watch. Okay, so... Sounds like this show's a big deal. So after about a half hour or longer, you start going into the woods of New Jersey. The New Jersey turnpike is just full of traffic, but eventually it starts to thin out, and you start pulling off on the smaller and smaller highways, smaller roads, and eventually you start hitting dirt roads. After another further half hour, the sun is set, and you come up to Camp Crystal Lake, and it is lit up like a circus. You see tons of those huge floodlights, which are used to light like baseball parks and stuff like that. This looks like a major production. Chad, in fact, this looks like there is major money in this. Like, it makes the bro life budget look pathetic. That's well, to be fair, the, the bro life budget is three guys essentially with hand cams running after us because we put all of our money into constantly repairing our sets. <laughs> and even you, uh, Charles, you're thinking, this is a lot of money for a pilot. Like, okay. you notice there's just a lot of money. And you, Bowie, you're like, this looks like they spent a few bucks. <laughs> well, especially for streaming. Oh, man, I can tell when something's expensive, but I'm just uh, annoyed when I see the floodlights at the camp. Like, it's going to kill all the stars tonight, all that light pollution. Why did it even bring us all the way out here? All right, so after a few minutes, the bus parks, and you guys are all disembarked, led out to a huge kind of gathering area where you, the production staff, and the 20 other contestants are brought out to this sort of like a stage area. And coming out on stage is you recognize from television, all of you do, Survivor host Jeff Probst. Yay! So, oh, joy. Some Wait, people are actual name or is like that an actual person? That's a real guy. He's the guy who hosts Survivor. Oh, okay. So, he comes out and goes, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is my new and exciting project, Terror's Reality, because what can I say? Sometimes you don't want to go to Fiji. Sometimes you just want to go home. So welcome out, guys. I'm really glad you all decided to come here and participate in, like, and like as I'm sure Liz, my lovely producer assistant, has told you, she's like, producer, has told you many times. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. So what's going to happen over the next few minutes, the guys are going to get you fitted in the costumes. You're all going to get fitted with GoPro cameras and microphones. Trust me, they'll be really unobtusive to your experience. So allow me to set the scene for you before we get you guys in the costume. The year is 1986. And you are visiting Camp Crystal Lake. You guys are away on vacation. You guys are here to have a good time. As you'll see, he points over to a couple of houses or a couple of cabins. There's a party going on there right now. Drinks, food, all sorts of fun stuff. But there's a darkness in the air. There's been a series of murders here at Camp Crystal Lake. And not everybody believes, you know, the police official story saying 
It was just a random act of violence. It was wolves. It was the people are dying and nobody knows why. So it is up to you guys over the course of the next 12 hours to solve this crime. And we're actually, we're actually going to help you. There's going to be competitions you guys can compete in. There's going to be people helping you out on the set here. In addition to the camera people, which will be constantly following you around as well, though please pay no attention to them. We will be getting confessionals from you guys like we do on my show, Survivor, though we'll do a lot of that in post, but we may stop you occasionally to get your thoughts as to what is actually going on. So. I don't even know what's going on right now. So he's like, bearing all this in mind, there's going to be somebody hunting you. Now, some of you may have heard of the legend of Camp Crystal Lake, but it's a story. And that's what we're here to explore. Urban legends, which I think is going to be a real selling point for this show. It's going to be actually legitimately really scary. We've got stunt people out there. You're going to see some stuff that's going to blow you. It's going to make the Walking Dead special effects look like nothing because we're all practical. You guys are going to love it. The Walking Dead special effects do look like nothing. So, with all this in mind, guys, we're going to send you guys the wardrobe. I will meet you guys in a few hours when we break for intermission in six hours. Welcome to Terror's Reality. Thank you once again. I'll catch you guys in just a few. So as um, we're walking off Chad's the head shoots up in the air holding a beer. Woo! Yeah! It's going to be awesome! A bunch of other guys are like, woo! Like that. They are super excited. I'm cheering... I am not. bumps and stuff, yeah. Uh, as we're walking, making our way out the stage, all I can say is, like, did anyone understand anything he was saying? I have, I yeah, bro. I have never watched television. Costume. Like, we're like we're doing one of those, um, like, like the war things where everybody get, gets dressed up. Yeah, and, no, and I got like, that. It was all the references to the different TV shows. I mean, do people even watch TV anymore? Hell yeah, bro. I, I don't wait, think, wait, do, I don't do, know do about that. Do you not know that. who I am? Uh, you're tall. Dude, I'm Chad from TV's Living the Bro Life. Hey, Chad, bro life. Mm, I cannot listen to this any longer. Mm, We are here to solve a mystery similar to who took the Lindbergh baby. All right, so we're teamed up here with Scrooge McDuck and... What, 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 like... (laughs) A duck? Do you even anything? Like, Lindbergh baby? What, why Mm, why does someone steal a chocolate baby? What, hmm, hmm. Sounds like Man, a cheese. We are baby, not going to win this competition. No, li- listen, bro. I got an. And he, he, his voice gets real. I got an angle, bro. Hmm? Yeah, I think we got a way to win this. I right got an angle, angle, too. I'm going angle. off to the woods for a weekend and I'm going to get high. I'm just going to oh. chill back and relax with no consequences. We just, we're, even if we lose, we got a whole week paid, all why, expenses. Why do you want to lay back, bro? When we can use everything you're going to do to get high to party. Now, gentlemen, I. We'll let everyone else figure half the investigation now. We'll steal their answers and we'll go figure the murder oh. when it's done and we'll walk out winners. Bro, I am listening to what you are preaching. Okay, yes. Uh, now, I hear you talking about this, say, weed thing that does procure a high sensation. Well, my papa happens to make some of the best in the area. 
of the Philippines. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's a country. Not too many bros there. <laughs> he um, just starts laughing, cuts you off, man. I don't smoke that stuff. It's sticky. It's smelly. And he me- starts talking about his special mix. <gasps> this little bag that he's been carrying around has just got it's got a little bit of column A. It's got a little bit of column B. It's going to make all your troubles go away. Chad's <laughs> eyes are just kind of wide, are just going wide. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm standing yes, there and staring I, and I, at and all Mr. three of them. Mr. Chad, I shall <laughs> share some of this with you if we uh, assist each other during the course of this investigation. And, and, and let's fade to black, move the frame into the next scene. <laughs> okay. We just spent 20 minutes just talking about nonsense. Well, Where, let's go back in time and be killed by Jason. Okay, so as you guys finally get out of like wardrobe, you're fitted with your cameras, fitted with your microphones. Now, these are special GoPro cameras. They How barely are these clothes. Uh, for you, actually, they it looks like they just fished them out of someone's basic, basic laundry. Um, and they're very mundane. You have a tie dye T-shirt, the ripped you know what jeans you feel when they've been put in an actual machine washer and dried in a tumbler because they're all like crunchy and stuff. Nothing beats air dry. And I want to wear short shorts, the really, really short shorts <laughs> they used to have in the 80s with the little stripe down the side. Okay. Nothing to the imagination. Nice. No. No. Put on and an ascot. Really high socks. <laughs> All right, you do as such. Oh, wear an ascot. Oh God. Uh, Basically, we look like everyone from Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. Um, Chad more or less looks like Chad. Um, he's found. They they provided him with a vintage Alpha Alpha fraternity shirt. Um, so the logo's slightly different. Um, it doesn't say "Live in the Bro Life" on the back. It seems they've gotten it from, like, the Princeton chapter of Alpha Alpha, which he seems morally opposed to on some level. Um, he's still got, like, surfer shorts and sandals. All right, and what is Charles never really wearing? changes. Charles, uh, what are you wearing? I'm wearing an ascot and a blazer and a long, nice, the nicest jeans I could find. Uh, they look more like slacks. I have a little hat that is similar to a similar to something someone might wear on a safari. One of those little safari hats. And okay. yes, and a, uh, that is my outfit. Yes. Okay. Oh my god! All right. So as you guys exit exit wardrobe, uh, a man approaches you. He looks like he a young PA. He's got on the big headset. He's got a camera on his shoulder. He goes, um, "You're Chad, right?" Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, bro. Um, What's up? Read this. Gotta go. Does everyone know who you are? Yeah, bro. I'm Chad from TV's Living the Bro Life. Yeah, I, you, you've mentioned that every time I ask you if everyone knows who you are. <laughs> so, that doesn't mean anything to me. So he hands you a small note that says, go to the lake. Okay. L- l- listen, bros. I think the first place we should go is we should go down to the lake and check out how the water is. Because, like, it, it, it's, like, fl- it's a flat lake, so, like, you can't surf on it or nothing. But I bet we could do, some, like, some radical cannonballs or something like that. Oh, great. Baptisms for everybody. Okay. Mm, fair, no. but I will not swim. So, as you start well, walking... Well, bro, you too rich to swim? Do they not teach rich guys how to swim? Man, Only in Only in lakes of money. So, as you start walking down towards the lake, the floodlights become less and less. It starts to get a little bit more dark. Your camera person's camera light is pretty much the only source you guys currently have. The camera guy goes, don't worry, there's like night vision cameras everywhere. So, just 
just act the part, guys. So as you come down towards late, you see another team. What's is, there to act? We walk through the forest. We act like ourselves. Chad literally just ignores all the cameras around him. Like, this is totally natural for him. So as you guys approach the lake, you see an, another um, team down there. And you see a guy dressed in kind of like like flannel and rotten old jeans. He's got one of those fisherman hats on. Hmm. And he goes, so you've come to the lake, have you? Clearly. Do you know yeah, why you're bro. here? Let me tell you a story. About 30 years ago, a young boy drowned here. Twas the name of Jason once upon a time. And his mother loved him very, very much. Do you know where you are now? You're in his backyard. This is Camp Blood. Place has a death curse on it. Wait, 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 wait. Bro, Camp Blood? They named it Camp Blood? A little on the nose, don't you think? Well, let's just say this place has a history. Lots of people die. Sounds very rock and roll. I start scratching my head going, where have I heard this before? Do you have anything you wish to roll for this? You do have lots of lore. I'd like to roll lore. Okay, roll lore, please. Tell us the lore. Six. So, okay, what is the word you got for it? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, that was me. That that, that was to me. Um, six is fantastic. Okay, you've definitely heard of this before in Urban Legends. He definitely is speaking about the legend of Camp Blood. It was a scene, what, what had happened in the 1950s is a woman named Pamela Voorhees lost her son who drowned here. The camp counselors weren't paying attention to him and he drowned. She went crazy and started basically setting fires, poisoning the water of the place. And subsequently a few people died, though the crimes could never be officially tied to her. She was always considered a prime suspect over her being heartbroken over the loss of her son, uh, Jason and her husband, Elias Voorhees leaving her not long after her son's death. Uh, you also glean from this too, that, um, there were several murders that happened after Pamela passed away in 1981, though those records have been sealed. So old Ralph goes, so if you want to find out what's in the, what's in the lake, find out what happened to old Jason, you're going to have to go in the lake. Did so, you have a submersible? He breaks character and says, okay, guys, so your first competition is we have set up um, a cage out there or sort of like a thing. We're going to press down on it. You guys are going to go into the lake, hold your breath. Whoever holds their breath the longest gets the next clue. Bros, bros, I, I got this. I got this. This, I was made for this. Send okay. Captain America. Oh my god, he, he could also be played by a young Chris Evans. Alright, so Chad, this is going to be your competition? Physique check, man. Okay then, so give me a physique check, and I'm going to roll against you. Okay, um, I'm tempted, uh, I'll, I'll look at spending a fate point after I've rolled. Let's roll them all. Six. You are able to hold your breath as they start pushing down the cage on you. You see other contestants 
they begin to like they begin to tap out they're like can't hold my breath any longer get me up get me up you see divers underwater starting to help people up roll me a notice check sure um yeah i mean chad's a surfer chad knows how to hold his breath for a long time uh my notice was two so that's fair you notice something under the water because it's so dark at night you're not seeing a whole lot but because the area is lit with floodlights Mm-hmm. You see something at the bottom of the lake, but you're not 100% sure what, what it, it looks like a person. It could be a diver. You're not 100% sure. Dodd. Yes. While this is going on in the water and he's holding his breath, are any, like, we're up on the beach watching all this? Yes, you guys are up on the beach cheering and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, we, are we near crew uh, producers or is it just our team or is it just like a whole crowd of people? I'm just wanting to know if I can notice any uh, – basically I want to eavesdrop on whatever else is going on around me because I'm like, this is kind of a weird competition. We're all being brought out here and I don't remember how I applied for it. So I just wanted to roll a notice check while I was up here and see if I hear anything out of the weirdness. You see a couple of camera people. People, but you notice it's mostly teams down here. There's you, another okay. team, and other people are starting to make their way but down. But like, the camera people out. aren't talking to each other or anything. You do actually hear them talking over headsets. Okay, well, I rolled a two on my notice. Do I make out anything? You hear them say, all right, we're down five competitors. There's one left right now. There's no activity on the perimeter. So it's still quiet, guys. He's He's not here yet. Oh, um, before I go down into the water, um, Chad do- does obviously, like, totally uh, fan service. He slowly takes off the Alpha Alpha shirt, uh, makes sure to give give all the muscles a good ripple, and then he dives into the cage. All right, you do as such. Um, a lot of ladies from the surface or from, from the beach are going, ooh! Including myself. Mm. Why not? Um, <laughs> hey, I can appreciate a good man of muscle. What can I say? Why Chris not? Evans is a very handsome man. Um, but uh, so eventually, Chad, you are the only one left standing after. Um, um, can I make another notice check? Like maybe like try to dive deeper or something. OK. Um, obviously, if I fail, I'm probably I, I might accidentally take some damage or something just because I'm down longer than I should be. OK. Humans Let's... can't breathe underwater. Uh, so that's a two. So that's still fair. You still, you, you try to dive down a little deeper. Your feet start getting caught in weeds. Yeah. And you feel something brush past your leg that feels really, really solid. Like not a fish. Like not a fish. Is there anything you'd roll for fear? Uh, uh, yeah, will check. Okay. Give me a will check. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to roll against you for it. Uh, so that's a three. It's two pluses and two blanks. Okay, so I rolled a great. Uh, so you rolled a, I rolled a good, you rolled a great? Yeah. Um, I'd actually like to invoke one of my aspects for this. Okay. Uh, just add a plus two. I'd like to invoke a lovable idiot bro in that I'm completely convinced that I'm, I'm just on a regular TV show. There's nothing weird going on. Okay. Um, it's basically... Chad is too stupid to think that this is anything other than what it appears to be. Okay, then, so you feel something brush past your foot, and you're like, that's probably a big fish. Um, <laughs> good times. Maybe I'll <laughs> eat it later. Um, 
So eventually you are tapped and brought back up to the surface. And old Ralph greets you, goes, well, there, Sonny, what did you see at the bottom of the lake? Bro, there, there was like there was like a body at the bottom of the lake. And, and I think like there, there was like a big fish down there, too. You, you must get like rad fishing in this lake. He looks at you, kind of eyes you and goes, you've won the first clue. He hands, yeah. he hands you a alpha, key. Alpha, alpha. He, he goes, hands he hands you a key to what looks like an old style lock and goes, find the cabin in the woods and your next <laughs> clue will be made clear to you. Of course. <laughs> no one saw that coming. <laughs> and that, my friends, is the end of the first hour of the Friday the 13th Strive to Survive. Yeah, we're all going to die. Cabin in the woods, yeah. All right there, so our terrible warriors have found a key that leads to a cabin in the woods, but you're on a campground. Which one? So I'm sure we will be back next time to tell you what happened. Let's split up, cover more ground. (laughs) So for terrible warriors, we have been from Toronto... Uh, Justin, I'm not doing much. I'm just eating snacks. From, from Ottawa. Andrew. Wine, movie nerd, robot. Edmonton. I'm Derek the Bard from Chasing the Muse. My apartment. Well, that's me. Yes. <laughs> Alex. And still, been... still blinded and in awe of Derek's body, I guess. And I've been. I could have worded that better, but Chad is a magical we'll creature brought to Chad. us as a, a, an offering from the gods. Clearly, and I am Mike the Birdman Dodd from ThisWeekInGeek.net for Terrible Warriors, your director or storyteller for Fate Core. We'll see you next time on Friday the Thirteenth. The Terrible Warriors has new episodes every Tuesdays and Thursdays, and our Friday the Thirteenth campaign will return in two weeks' time as Mike the Birdman Dodd starts to dial up the terror and our characters' lives will be put on the line. It's a Friday the 13th game. We're not all making it to the finish line this time. And on Thursday, the game we're playing this week is our Stargate SG-12 campaign we're calling The Shield of Mars. Our team has arrived on an alien world with a mystery. A shield they shouldn't have. Technology beyond what they should understand. What are the secrets of this city? Find out on Thursday. And returning to us on Tuesday, it's the conclusion to Masks, the new generation. After two campaigns, it all now comes down to the final moments as Dr. Apocalypse is taking advantage of a situation where the barriers between old dimensions have failed and are falling and the worlds are colliding and will our heroes, who are in way above their head, be able to pull a Hail Mary at the last second? It all comes down to the dice roll on Tuesday and next Thursday, alternating with Stargate. Derek, Will, and Wes are continuing their adventures through the Parliamentary Republic of Veilmount. Another Fate Core game, but this time based on an entire world of their own creation. A very interesting, steampunk, monster hunting, demons and fae and monster murders in a campaign we're calling the Lillenberg Murders. If you thought it was getting dark in episode two, I've been warned. Episode three takes a 
dive into the darkness and it never really comes back. Veilmount, our darkest campaign yet in two weeks' time. For all updates on our games that we're going to be playing into the summer, we've got a cool plan for you in July. Follow us on Twitter at Dice Warriors. We have, of course, our entire catalog of every game we've ever released available forever for free for you at TerribleWarriors.com. Just click the Adventures page. It's all there. And if you like what you hear and you'd like to hear more and you'd want to be involved in our games and be mentioned in our games and maybe sit at the table and play games with us, Patreon.com slash TerribleWarriors is where you can go. I'm just about ready to send off the next batch of postcards to our supporters. There's still time to get in on that. Today's Terrible Warriors were Alex Ricky, Andrew Roebuck, Derek Burrow, Justin Eacock, and Mike the Birdman Dodd. And we will return to Crystal Lake because, as we have heard, the perimeter is secure and he has yet to arrive. And we know he will arrive, and when we do, blood will be spilt, and the lives of our contestants will be put on the line and put to the test. And until then, thank you for listening, supporting, liking, and reviewing. Thank you for being a terrible warrior. <laughs>